0: Man, what an interview. Rick Boyages, former, former head coach at William Mary, was an assistant at Ohio State twice and then was the interim head coach there for a little while, but then he spent a ton of time after that uh, working at the Mid-American Conference, working at uh, the Big Ten Conference, and just a fascinating conversation, just not only about what's going on with Ohio State, which I was confused. I, I, I just, I, I wasn't confused. I was just, I was, yeah, maybe I was confused. I didn't I, think that Ohio State would. I, I'm
1: confused now. I know.
0: I didn't think Ohio State would fire Chris Holt in the middle of the season. I just didn't see it. Yeah, that was you know, the, that was the. It, I, I like you could s- you could smell it coming at the end of the year. Like I got that. I just didn't think it would happen in the middle of the season, especially, you know, before you get to the Big Ten tournament. You get a you know, and the tournament, and you know, to get to the tournament, they're going to have to get through that Big Ten tournament. So I, I think all of those things are, are kind of laying out there. So the more you think about it, maybe that is why, but. Um, Just a little bit shocking for Ohio State to make a move like that uh, midseason or towards the tail end of the season. And,
1: and sometimes, Andy, maybe they, maybe they thought they were going to make a move at the end of the season, and they want to give Jake Diebler a, a chance to coach it up and see what he can do. I, I, remember, I remember watching, I, I called one of his state championship games when he was at Upper Sandusky with his brother John, and his dad was the head coach. But John could fill it up.
0: That Deebler Fab was pretty. Uh, They're pretty good. Pretty influential in the and state. Jake
1: level. was scrappy, man. Yeah. He was tough.
0: Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the other things that he talked about, and you know, nil, and then gambling, and uh, like uh, that. The Big Ten was way ahead of the game on the integrity with gambling and that situation. Because I mean, it's just it's really easy, and I think all of these things that were shady um, are now all out there. I don't know. Then they're they're not as shady as they were. But I think back to like to the movie Blue Chips, right, with Shaquille O'Neal. Remember that? Nick Nolte. Yeah, Nick Nolte. And you you know you, you kind of looked at what was going on there, and you were like, oh, now none of that would be any problem because everything would be above the table. You know, a lot it's, of those just, issues are all out now, and it's just I, I'm just I'm wondering the, where we're going with college athletics in general. Yeah.
1: Do you like the way it is it is now no i, I, don't, I, don't, I don't i don't i'm not, I don't I'm either. not mad
0: I though either. that's a, the thing that's weird is i i don't i think players you know if like with the story he told about schoononey Penn saying everyone in the world's wearing my jersey out there, right everybody can see mm-hmm. this, but um doesn't have his name on it, yeah, but. it doesn't have a name on the back it, so it's like we're playing this mythical game where people want to buy pen jerseys, but they really they're they're fake pen jerseys, I guess. At that point,
1: and here's this is just being naive and hoping that it didn't go this way. If Schoonie Penn's names on a jersey, well, okay, there should be something in place that he could make some money off of that.
0: Even if it was while he was in school, that that money would go into a
1: trust, right? Something like that, or if he uh, wanted, that's the I mean, it just seems if, to if, me if like a local business wanted to have him out to sign autographs, you know, on a non-game day, and you give the kid. Here's the, here's the stupid part, 500 bucks, you know, it, like you're right. actually making money and helping a business and rather than, you know, here's your 20 grand for coming out to sign autographs because we want you to play at Ohio state. The, the innocent aspect of it makes perfect sense. What all it's become Andy is, is big colleges buying players. And th- though that may have been done forever, just, it just feels so wrong that that's what's happening now, you know? and, and, Maybe it's right for the players, It's good for them. You know, okay, fine. I, it just, it, it is professional sports at the highest levels of college athletics.
0: But hasn't it always been professional for the coaches?
1: Without question. That's yeah. their job. No, not, but I mean, they're not like, on scholarship.
0: And well, the, and their scholarship money is a lot of money. It's always been at the big schools. And, you know, like Rick had said about, you know, Holtman getting fired that if you're at Ohio State, You have everything to your advantage as far as trying to have the best program and the best um, facilities. And I just, like, I remember, oh, I'm trying to think of what year it was. I I just remember walking into the Schottenstein Center. The Schottenstein Center was maybe a year or two old. And I'd then been talking to the hockey coach at the time, um, John Markle, and he goes, hey, I want to show you this. And I was like, okay, cool. So he takes me into their workout room. And it was the first time I had ever seen it that they had a treadmill for ice skates. I mean, it, really? Yeah. I mean, and so I've seen. I mean, there's wow. a couple still floating around. I, I see them every once in a while. But it's a treadmill that's on this plastic that you can skate on, like an Astro ice, and it looks like a uh, like a tank wheel, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so that it spins, and then you're hooked onto a harness. And then the other part of it is it's not like a regular treadmill. Like, they can change the angle. So you when they say skating uphill and you feel tired in the third period, you literally can skate uphill mm. on this treadmill. And I remember looking at this, and I'm like, man, how many of these are there in the world? And he was like, ah, there's only a couple. And Ohio State had one at the time. And, th- again, this isn't about football or basketball. Right. This is about an Olympic sport. We're talking about hockey. Right. And so all of these things – we're sitting out there, and that Ohio State, that the advantage of being, you know, a, an athlete at Ohio State is you get and you have the ability to see uh, some of the greatest tools and, and have all the nutrition and have all that stuff in front of you. But if you're not going to win, man, you got big troubles.
1: It just goes back to, and we've talked about this before, every, every seems like every year salaries are released of coaches in, in the state of Ohio. The the salaries that some of the coaches make are ridiculous. You've made the point. Well, if somebody wants to donate to the program and you can pay the coach that much money and blah blah blah, well, you're right. And I I hate that. I don't hate that you're right. I hate that that's the case. You know what I mean? Just as it it, it costs so much for some kids to go to college, and man, you got these coaches making these astronomical f- figures, and, and not just in You know basketball and you know basketball you can you can understand they are producing revenue football you certainly understand they're producing revenue but in the non-revenue producing sports man it seems it just seems wacky to me that these coaches are making some of the money they're making Uh, well I and I also wonder
0: about the future and there there was one more question I was going to talk to Rick about and that was just (coughs) excuse me just the logistics of a new Big Ten conference with Washington and uh and ucla and usc and oregon and i just i I just i wonder how all this is going to work in football it seems real easy schedule wise i don't think it's that hard or that difficult to figure it out there but i'm wondering about softball and volleyball and um you know other sports where there are multiple big 10 teams and you're gonna have to make these west coast trips and you know how often are those teams on the west coast gonna have to come like i you think about washington playing rutgers I mean, are they really going to travel all the way to play one soccer game or to play two soccer games? So maybe you start traveling the men's and women's soccer team, or maybe you start making a weekend of it for fall all the fall sports, so that everybody hops on a plane once you try to get all your teams on one plane and then get them, you know, to one side of the country or another, where all of a sudden now you what cross countries in the fall too. So so you like you try to throw all your teams on one plane try to make a weekend of it and then come back on Sunday night. I don't know. You're out there on Thursday. I just the logistics of trying to, you know, do multiple sports um and some are not big revenue sports to be able to do the travel and do all the big ten. Or maybe you start doing hub events where you take although it'd be interesting to see with like Nebraska volleyball if they'd want to do that, where you would start hubbing sports and maybe you now have a weekend like a place like Spire could handle multiple teams for a weekend but then you don't have attendance and then you you take away the opportunity there's i just i just don't see how this is going to work it's one thing when it's a treat when you're going from one coast to another to play a game and you know you get it but then the majority of your games are normally you know within the, the boundary of your, at least your own time zone mm-hmm. now the future of it just seems real convoluted but i want to see how it works out i'm sure they're going to figure it out and uh they'll get it done but I just wonder how it's going to take its toll on the athletes, coaches, academics, all those things. You know, they still go to school for academics, too. I don't, I don't know if you caught that or
1: not. Academics. Interesting.
0: All right, we'll talk a little bit more about this and some of the big headlines from the day. We'll do that when we come back. Baskin and Phelps, ninety-two-three. The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.